Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I'm David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. Hi, David. Good to be talking again, Eric, yes. as we wrap up our, what's probably our final episode of this series we've been doing which is growing your business through a downturn, downturn. Yes. right? We covered some strategic things in the beginning about industries, you know, which industries go up and down in a recession. Our last episode was about acquisition, buying a company in a downturn. Yeah. Might be a surprising thing to think about when it seems like the world is getting weaker, but it's actually, like we said in the last episode, opportunity. Opportunity not only for your business, but maybe to save someone else, save their business, save the employees of that business. If folks, if you have not listened to that episode yet, go back. Like we like to say, go listen to all of our episodes. <laughs> but uh, we're referring to the uh, most recent one about growing your business through an acquisition. So Eric, today, as we're thinking about Growing your business through a downturn. I think this episode today is going to maybe most directly actually apply to the series title as we start to focus a little bit more on top line revenue, yeah. which is what people think about usually when they think about growing their business. They, that shouldn't be the only thing they think about, but that's usually what they think about. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. And so we're going to talk today about the customer journey. Right. Because it's so important that, especially if things are getting challenging, it's so important that that customer journey be very, very amazing. Right. There needs to be clarity and even even more clarity in a, in a downturn of what is that journey of that typical customer of yours and what services are you providing along the way or products along the way in that journey, because the, the clarity can bring a lot of different things. One, to make sure that you are making that experience as amazing as possible. Yep. And two, is in a time like this, and, and not just, just now and, and you know during a time of downturn, but any time, where are the opportunities there to perhaps relook at, at that customer journey and say, wait a minute, there's an issue right here, and we're not servicing or we're not providing products to that customer at that point in the journey. So maybe it's an opportunity for us to go yep. out there. And I know that that harkens us back to some of our strategic discussions. The old harken word. The, the old harken. I, I love that word. But the harkening back where we go through that process or the, the, uh, the we call it the Ansoff model of what are the ways to grow. And one of the least risky ways to grow is looking for products and services, new products and services that you can provide to your existing customers. Right. Absolutely. And so I think, Eric, it starts off with, and this also harkens back to our strategic planning series, our dream planning, as we'd like to call it. It really starts with understanding what exactly your customer is buying. And I don't think we need to completely unpack that right now, but maybe just a reminder for folks is that 
let's look at this customer journey. Let's look at all the touch points with the customer, but let's go through it with the framework through the lens of what this customer is actually hoping to get from us. Right. And I know so many business owners that we've talked to, especially the ones that sell products, they believe that they sell products. And maybe technically there is a product, which is changing Ultimately ownership exchange. in a transaction. Yep. 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 But I would argue, and I would stand by this, that the customer is not necessarily buying that product. They may be taking ownership of that product, but they are really seeking whatever it is that product is going to enable them to do. It's yeah. some experience, experience. experience. or yeah. some ability. That, so, you know, if it's, if it's a product that adds beauty to something or makes someone feel happier, right? They're, they're buying an experience. It may be a tool that they're buying, but there's something they'll be able to do with that tool, tool right? right? So we need to go into this customer journey map with that understanding. And I think it's really time to open our minds up. If we're just in the mindset of, I sell plumbing supplies, as an example, right? right. right? No, you don't. Yes, right. you do change ownership of plumbing supplies, but you're actually providing something Different, and you need to understand that as you go through the customer journey. Well, and I think, David, that the, the more you unpack that, the more you start to see, one, how you can improve the experience of that customer in engaging with you, and you can get a more fulfilling relationship with that customer. But, but again, there might be some other things then that that customer that you maybe had not thought about in the mm-hmm. past that says, oh, well, this is a natural oh. outflow of this relationship and this experience that we have with the customer that there's an opportunity for us. Absolutely. And so that journey, that customer journey, rarely begins when the customer walks into your place of business. It's possible they were just walking down the street, never heard of you, never thought of you, saw your sign and walked in. It could happen. It probably it could does. Happen. <laughs> but usually, especially in this day and age, right, people first hear about you somehow. They hear about you from a friend. They hear about you from the internet. They found your website. They stumbled upon it. They clicked on one of your ads. They saw your advertisement in a magazine. And that very first awareness of your business is the beginning of the customer journey. Yes. So it's really important to think about Every time we're touching the customer, it could be they read about you in your ad in your church bulletin or your newspaper or whatever it may be. How did that make them feel? What is the message that they got out of that? And clearly, if they ended up in your place of business, something went right Right. for them to show up, right? Yeah, it didn't just happen. Right. And then thinking about what's the experience? So the first touch point might be the first time they become aware of you. The next touch point might be the time they call. Right. And so this is a really say they call you to find out, can I make an appointment? If you're not an appointment based business, they call on you to find out what are your hours or how do I get to your store? Or maybe they don't call. Maybe the first actual interaction is they walk in. But whatever it is, I think it's so important for us to revisit that journey that people in our organization who are answering that phone, who are greeting that person. How are they doing it? What are they saying? Right. So many times I know I have been completely turned off by a business where I've, I'll walk in and no one says anything to me. Right? There's people, often employees of the business, who are 
six, 10 feet away from me. They're in the middle of doing something. They don't even acknowledge me. I may as well be invisible. And I have more than once after a few minutes just walked out because that <laughs> tells me right then that's a signal to me as to what kind of experience this is going to be. And I don't want it. <laughs> so right. I'll go to a competitor. Right. right. So how easy would it have been for that person to say, thanks for coming in. I'll be right with you. Right. Right. And, and we know that this buys time. Usually if you can just acknowledge the person in a friendly way immediately, even for one second, this buys you probably three to five minutes for you to finish up whatever you're doing before you greet them. Yeah. So uh, Dave, I th- I'd say that right now is just my personal experience with it is in, in the digital world and culture that we live in today, we are losing a lot of that just very simple customer mm-hmm. relationship. And and for some, they don't care because it's, and for some of your customers, that may not be an issue for them because they're very digital in their, in their approach. And so they, they basically want to get to the most efficient and effective means of getting from point A to point B in a transaction, let's say. But that's, that's not really our, what our human nature tells us. No. And, and, and so I think it's often overlooked, but I think finding ways that you can connect with that customer is, is very, very important. And Eric, I think that's so well said and really brings up what could be an, often as an opportunity. Because in this world where so many people have become so transactional, right? When your organization is the one who looks them in the eye and smiles and says hello and thanks for being here. You would think that, you know. (laughs) Someone someone saw me. Someone recognized me. Someone's happy that I'm in this place, right? This is. So this is opportunity. And we can look at businesses. I mean, we can think in our lives, the places we've gone, we've had these experiences, the places we haven't. And it's so different. I mean, they, they experience meaningfully different. And this, so that's all part of the customer journey, right? Yes. The, the, the way that you speak to them. And this is, this is part of our training of our people, right? This is not expensive investments and crazy software systems or machines. This is spending time with your team to say, smile, say hello, set a policy where someone walks in the door, they need to be greeted within 30 seconds, right? Um, Someone calls us, can we pick up the phone faster, right? These are all small things that make a huge difference in that customer journey. Yes. Yeah, and and not only that you do say something within a certain period of time, but what it is that you say. Right. And how you say it. Mm -hmm. So what and how, those are all important parts and aspects of, of the training process. But just getting back to the journey is really understanding, putting yourself in the shoes of your customer and what are they thinking? And, and if you don't really know, ask them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, use surveys and things of that nature because there, there, there could be a lot of opportunities that you're missing because you're making assumptions and, and those assumptions are wrong. Absolutely. And we think we know everything. We, a good business person knows enough to know that they don't know everything. Right? <laughs> and, and markets change and we need to adapt and respond. And that journey, Eric, goes that first touch point is so critical, but it continues, right? It continues in how did I place the order or how did I fulfill the order? How many, if, if, if I'm on an online business, how many clicks did it take for this person to get to 
the order, right? There's even a completely digital business still has a customer journey. There's still interaction, but in, in person, right? How easy was it for me to get this process for this person, get them on their way, get them what they need? Are there support layers, right? And each of these things, right? To think about, well, you know, one example, it could be you know, if we, that plumbing supply example I threw out before, just a random thing, but I'm just trying to think of some ideas, you know, in understanding each of these touch points, why is this person buying this from me? And what else do they need that, that can complement this, right? Is it another part that they need that usually pairs with this thing? Hey, like, Eric, you came in and you bought this wrench. You know, most people who buy this wrench also buy this, I'm going to sound silly, I don't know my plumbing parts very well, but they also buy this this pipe elbow, right? Right. And, you know, half the people who buy this also buy this. Is that something you need, right? So this is not manipulative selling. This is non-manipulative, right? right? Hey, how do I better give you this solution? And then is there a service that can go along with this? Like, and, hey. and some of those distribution companies are doing a good job with that. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Lowe's and, and some of those home improvement stores where, you know, you're going and you're searching for a product. And then they say, oh, well, by the way, most people who bought this yeah. product so also, you know, also looked at these. So, you know, it's, it's just helping them along mm-hmm. the way. And you can do that digitally, but it's, it's still within the framework of wrapping yourself around that customer and right. that journey right. and helping them out. And and then is there, uh, we think about the Ansolve matrix, other things to grow revenue, right? Are we missing an opportunity where, are you, uh, you know, are you sure you know how to use that wrench properly? That may be a stupid example because all plumbers know how to use wrenches and I'm the one who doesn't. But, right, that, that's the kind of thinking we need to think about, though, is this person's buying this part. Is there something I could provide to them that can help them use this better because of, Right. Because I just have some expertise because it's what I do all day long. Right. How do I offer that? Is that that a service wrapper or an add on I can give this person to help them get? Because remember, they're not buying the wrench. They're buying the ability to do something with that wrench. Right. right? And so if I can help them better with the ability to do whatever it is they want to do and I can provide that through my business, I've made them happier. I've run my top line revenue. Right. And not that. Not to beat up the uh, the tools example, but I think us guys we love tools, right? You know, but but uh, yeah, I've, I've 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 seen some companies that have those types of products or services that may not be in a customer may need it, but they may not intuitively know how to use that particular mm-hmm. tool or or what have you. And I've seen companies that put videos together on mm-hmm. how to use uh, right. that product. And, mm-hmm. you know, certainly you can go and Google and YouTube videos of certain things as, as well. But having that right there available to them that they can see it, mm-hmm. that's just, you're, you know, you're adding a service to them. Absolutely. It's not it's not a service that is necessarily a sellable service that you're mm-hmm. going to get revenue. But the fact that you have it available to versus somebody who doesn't have it available right. to that customer, you just created more of a relationship and more of a touch point with them. Absolutely. And Eric, that's hearkening back to another episode we did when we cover all the value builder series, right? There was an episode we talked about service wrappers and products, and, right? So if anybody wants to dive deeper into that, we'll put that in the show notes, what episode that was. And then Eric, we need to talk too. We can't leave this topic without getting what might be the most overlooked part. So many businesses are put so much energy into getting people in the door. And then the moment they collect the money from the person, they forget all I'm about out. them, right? <laughs> and so, which is, I mean, think about like, who's more like most likely to buy from you again is the person who bought from you already, 
There's already a relationship. They already know who you are, right? Hopefully you've served them well. So there's a bit of a warm feeling about your organization in their heart. That's the best opportunity. That's the best and place to go and for you, more revenue. You have their information. You have connected with them. You have the ability to follow up. But I would even go a step further and say, do you care? Mm-hmm. How did you as, as, a, as a company, as a business owner, as an employee, how did you treat that customer in the first place? Are they a number coming in your door mm-hmm. to be transaction or are they a real live person who mm-hmm. has, you know, special needs and wants and what have you that you're trying to, to solve for them? And then do you get any enjoyment out of the fact that you did do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, uh, when you follow up and you get that feedback, it, it feeds on itself because you get a better sense that, oh, my goodness, I, I really, that, that customer really enjoyed that experience. They really enjoyed that product. And, and they're, they're better off. Yes, exactly. And, and so that just makes me feel better. And so it's just all tied in, but it starts with it, you really have to have the heart mm-hmm. for the customer that's in front of you. Right. Absolutely. So, Eric, let's just talk for a bit technically how do we do this, right? Because someone can listen to our conversations. That's great. I'll do all those things. I recommend get in front of a whiteboard and actually, and we'll cover in an upcoming episode business processes. So we'll dive into this deeper more, but get in front of a whiteboard and draw it out, right? However, whatever style works for you, blocks, arrows, you know, characters, but but draw Stick it out. Man. Stick man, it works. But whatever whatever helps you under, get mapped out visually in front of you, where all the places, all the touch points with this customer, and then every single one of those touch points, dive deep. Say, what does it look like? What are the what is the person here? What do they see? What do they feel? And are we as a team doing what we need to do to make sure all of their senses that uh, all the appropriate senses for that certain interaction are how we want our experience to be for our customer, right? And then like we said before, also, is there something we can add into it to enhance that, right? Is it a service addition? Is it a complimentary product, right? And let's do this from the moment they become aware of us all the way until what hopefully is a repeat sale and the whole thing repeats, right? And whether it's a repeat sale directly with them or through when you have a fully and completely satisfied customer that becomes a raving fan of of yours, that is your absolute best marketing available. That's right. I'd say marketing you can buy, but you're not buying it. You're not buying it. Yeah, it's just you're getting it for free because people (laughs) love you. Yes, yes. All right, so Eric, that that wraps up our series on growing your business through a downturn. Hopefully, there's not a need to do more of those episodes. Hopefully, 2023, we're recording this in 2023, it becomes a good year. But lots of more exciting topics to come. So folks, again, visit us, podcast at EmergeDynamics.com. Please subscribe wherever you're listening. Send us an email. Let us know any topics you want to hear about, any feedback on things we've said, complaints, recommendations, or if you'd like to be a guest, if you've got a business and would like to talk about some of the things that we've talked about or share your stories about experiences you've had related to these topics, please do reach out and folks, we'll see you next time. All right.